That boy's a leer. That boy's a liar. Wait, that song, was that from this year? Last year. Boy's a layer. Boy's a layer. Uh, okay. Sorry, we were watching a Todd in the Shadows video, and he went out on this, even though it was a review of 2023 pop songs. The boy's a layer. The boy's a layer. The boy's a layer. Who the hell is Ice Spice? Hello. Welcome to Infinite Cast, Volume 2, Inherent Cast, yeah. Episode 13, 14? It's now getting I've to the point where track. I've lost track. Yeah. I was doing so good. Yes. Anyway, we are here. We are we're about to read. Uh our our travels complete. For now. For the time being. Yeah. This is the first time that I've not had a plane ticket Booked. for an upcoming flight since I don't know, the whenever the pandemic quote unquote ended. Ah, yes. What a time. What yeah. a time to be alive. So just post it up, ready to read some pinchon. 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 What is his uh ethnic extraction? Thomas Pinchon? French? What is that? What, what the hell is that? French? Is that French? Yeah, but what kind of white person? What kind of white person are you? His middle name is Ruggles. That's fun. Ruggles. Ruggles. Maybe that's. Uh, what he, gets. he was born in Long Island. Long Island. Uh, wow. His earliest American ancestor was William Pinchon, who emigrated to the Massachusetts Bay Colony with a Winthrop fleet in 1630. Wow. He so he's was the founder of Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, big, big New England energy, I suppose. That's interesting. Um, that's interesting. Like so I guess old line New England. Yeah, quite, quite British. That's cool. Uh, well, good for him. English colonist, fur trader, colonial treasurer, original patentee of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and the iconoclastic author of the New World's first banned book. <laughs> wow. God, imagine imagine if you had a literary history, a literary lineage. Imagine if you had a literary lineage. Imagine if you had a lineage. Yeah, my fam my families didn't do shit. <laughs> we're we're just keep we're just getting getting by. We're yeah. just doing what we do. Uh that's all that's we're, all you can ask. We're trying to claw our way out of the uh like mid century middle class uh nothingness enough to at least have a child that gets to be like a fucked up artist. The man in the the gray flannel suit. Yes. No. Yeah. My ancestors were farmers, and then they worked at the various factories. Look, the, the, the American dream is to become uh, successful, successful enough, and self actuated enough to have a to have a Lena Dunham style child. Oh my God! Well, here's the thing: if we have a kid, they will be a they'll be a podcast nepo baby. I know. And what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do? Get a lot them, of therapy. Get them, get them an age six for their thirteenth birthday. Oh my God! People are going to be like, that'll be great. All right, let's go. We got <laughs> an go. we got an hour until the uh the Chiefs Ravens kick All off. Right. So uh Doc just just uh stuffed uh lose, if yes. you remember Sloan's kind of <laughs> woman of the house. Rather apathetically. Yeah. Looking forward to a peaceful morning at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Doc had just lit up when the antique intercom started in with its guttural buzz. He moved a couple of bake light switches and heard somebody who might be Petunia downstairs yelling his name. This usually meant there was a visitor, most likely a chick, given the breathless interest Petunia maintained in Doc's social life. Thanks, Toon. Doc screamed back cordially. Send her right on up. And did I mention, incidentally, your outfit this morning is especially striking? That daffodil shade picks up the colors of your eyes. <laughs> Knowing little, if any, of this would get through without heavy distortion. On the off chance his unknown visitor might take a dim view of marijuana use, Doc ran around with a can of supermarket brand air freshener, filling the office with a horrible thick mist of synthetic floral notes. 
The door opened and in stepped this, have mercy, this incredible, <laughs> incredible looker. We need to bring that back. Have, have mercy. mercy. I'm fanning myself with a hat. Ooh, a wooga, this incredible looker, even with the reduced visibility and all. Red hair, leather jacket, tiny little skirt, cigarette stuck to a lower lip that looked more desirable the closer she got. Cootie food, <laughs> Doc screamed involuntarily, having been told once that this was French for love at first sight. <laughs> Remains to be seen, she said, but what is this smell in here? It's fucking nauseating. He looked at the label on the aerosol can. Wildflower whimsy? Gas station toilet in Death Valley would be ashamed to smell like this. <laughs> Meantime, I'm Clancy Sherlock. She put her arm out full length and they shook hands. Clancy Sherlock. Glenn Sherlock's doc began around the same time she said, Sister, well, I'm sorry about your brother. Glenn was a shit and bound to have his series canceled sometime. His map erased, his, <laughs> his series, series canceled. canceled. That don't keep, I'm trying to give like a Natasha Leon for her. I feel like she's like an in, in, Inland Empire. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn's a shit. Glenn was a shit and bound to have his series canceled sometime. That don't keep me from wanting to know who his killer is. You talk to the police? More like they talk to me. Some <laughs> smart ass named Bjornsson. Can't say it was too encouraging. Would you mind not staring at my tits like that? Who, oh, must have been trying to read your t-shirt? <laughs> it's like a picture of Frank Zappa? <laughs> so it is. Are you say now, Lieutenant Bjornsson referred you to me? He sounded a lot more concerned with Mickey Wolfman's disappearance than Glenn's murder, which, given LAPD's priorities, is no big surprise. But I guess he's a fan of yours. She had been looking around the office, and her tone was doubtful. Excuse me, is that a half-smoked joint in your ashtray there? <laughs> ah, frightfully unsociable of me, please. Here's a new one, already to light, see? If he was expecting a romantic smoke sequence along the lines of Now Voyager, 1942, <laughs> this was not to be. Before he could raise a sophisticated eyebrow, Clancy had seized the joint, clanked open a Zippo, and fired it up, and by the time Doc got it back, it was less than half its original length. I used to think Zippos were the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't see many people clanking open, open Zippos anymore. I have a zip, a special limited edition Zippo, a Casey Musgraves Zippo that oh, was yeah, like you do. limited edition made in Japan. I don't even know where the lighter fluid is anymore. It kept running out. Yeah. It like absorbed it all. Interesting shit, she remarked <laughs> when she finally got around to exhaling. Then they had a prolonged and for Doc erectile moment of eye contact. Be professional now, he advised himself. The theory downtown is that your brother tried to prevent whoever it was from putting the snatch on Wolfman and got shot for doing his job. Way too sentimental. She had slid into the green and fuchsia lunchroom booth and had her elbows on the table. If there was a snatch in the works, Glenn was more likely to be in on it. Being paid for looking bad is fine, but any real trouble in Glenn's reflex was always to just split. Then maybe he saw something he shouldn't have? She nodded to herself for a while. Finally... Well, yep, that's how Boris has it figured, too. <laughs> Who? Another member of Mickey's muscle patrol. They've all dropped out of sight, but last night Boris called me late. We have some history. To look at him, he's nobody you'd want to get agitated, but I can tell you right now he's scared shitless. What of? He wouldn't say. Think he tried talk to me? Or think he talked to me? Worth a try. There's the phone. Hey, a princess phone. Man, I used to have one of these. I mean, mine was pink, but poison green is nice, too. Were you planning to marry that joint or just keep hanging on to it? 
The phone had a long cord, and Clancy took it as far away from Doc as she could. Doc went in the toilet and became absorbed in something by Louis L'Amour he'd forgotten was in there, and next thing he knew, Clancy was hammering on the door. Boris says it's got to be in person. That night, Doc met Clancy after she got off work tending bar in Inglewood. Nice. <laughs> and then they drove out to a biker's roadhouse somewhere off the Harbor Freeway called Knucklehead Jacks. As they came, <laughs> Harbor Freeway 405? Yes. Is that right? Can I get a fact check on that? All right, I'll look up the Harbor Freeway. As they came in the door, the jukebox was playing the Del Shannon perennial Runaway, which Doc took to be a hopeful sign. The low oxygen level inside was much more was more than made up for by smoke of various national origins. <laughs> Boris Spivey had the dimensions, if possibly not the self-restraint, of an NFL lineman. Uh, the pool cue in his hand looked about the size of a baton does in Zubin Mehta's. Clancy says they popped you for Glenn. They had, wait, uh, they had, wait, oh yeah, uh, Cl Clancy says they popped you for Glenn. They had to cut me loose. Wrong place at the wrong time was all. Found unconscious at the scene and so forth. I still don't know what happened. The Harbor Freeway is the 110 down to San Pedro. The 110? Yes. Okay. That's our, that's ours. Yes. That's our freeway. Uh, me neither. I was out in Pico Rivera visiting my fiance, Donette. You play pool? How do you feel about Massé shots? <laughs> the usual love-hate. I'll break. The pool table was host for a while to squirming ball trajectories, its playing surface repeatedly threatened by steeply driven cue angles, till Mrs. Pixley, the owner, finally made her way over to Doc and Boris, bearing a grim smile and a sawed-off shotgun, and a hush fell on the place. See that sign over the bar, fellas? You can't read it? I'll be happy to. Oh, come on. We ain't hurting nothing. I don't care. You and your little playmate are going to have to leave the premises now. Ain't so much the cost of replacing the felt. I just personally fucking hate Massé shots. <laughs> Doc looked around. It's a Massé shot. I don't know if it's like you hit it down at an extreme angle. Oh, and make it like pop it over. Maybe it's like the thing where you like pop a ball over yeah, another one. And it, you're at risk of scratching up the now felt. Now I consider the time I spend with a cue in my hand golden. <laughs> Doc looked around for Clancy and saw her over in a booth, deep in conversation with two motorcyclists of a sort mothers tend not to approve of. <laughs> She can take care of herself okay, Boris said. She's always been in two at a time, and this looks like her lucky night. Come on, my truck's out on the lot. Uh, I feel like I'm starting to get noiry, even though I assume everyone pretty much talks like this in California. Yeah, what, what's the line again? What's What line? The line you just said. Uh, <laughs> she, she can take care of herself okay. She's always been into two at a time, and this looks like her lucky night. Come on, my truck's out in the lot. Yeah, there you go. I think that's, that's about right. Well, his name is Boris Spivey. What does that mean? I mean, it means he's an amalgam of types of of, of I like, background I like, origins, which means he's a Californian. I like treating him like a, a old gangster, or maybe he's a Russian man. Oh, true. His head Boris now, <laughs> his head now unavoidably teeming with lewd images. Doc followed Boris outside to a '46 Dodge Power Wagon with a mottled paint job of olive drab and primer coat gray. They climbed in, and Boris sat checking the lot out for a while. You think we convinced him back there? I figure a guy can't ever be too paranoid. How heavy is this that we're talking about? Doc lighting them a couple of cools. Tell me, compadre, just between us. You ever kill anybody? Self-defense? All the time. On purpose? Hey, who can remember? How about yourself? You packing right now? Were we expecting company? 
After a certain amount of time on the special needs yard, explained Boris, you gain the impression that there is always somebody looking to ice your ass. <laughs> Doc nodded. Thing about these hippie get-ups, lifting one bell-bottom cuff to reveal a little short-barreled Model 27, is you can almost fit a heckler and coach under here if you wanted. You're a dangerous hombre, I can see that. Too dangerous for me, so I guess I just better spill the whole thing. Doc got ready to jump out and run, but Boris only continued. Truth is, Glenn got done in cold blood. He wasn't supposed to be there when they came for Mickey. The fix was in. Puck Beaverton had duty that day. Glenn was to let them in the door and then disappear, but Puck got cold feet at the last minute and changed shifts with Glenn, except he didn't tell Glenn what was going to happen. He just split. This Puck guy, you know where he went? Probably Vegas. Puck thinks there's people there who will look after him. Sure would have liked a word with him. Whole thing's kind of puzzling. Let's say, for example, that Mickey was in trouble. Trouble ain't the word. This was the deepest shit he could get in, all because of this idea that came to him. All the money he ever made, he was working on a way to just give it back. Doc exhaled more than whistled through his teeth. Can I still get my name on the list? <laughs> you think I'm bullshitting. That's okay. We all thought Mickey was, too. Yeah, but why would he... Don't ask me. Wouldn't be the first rich guy on a guilt trip lately. He was doing a lot of acid, some peyote. Maybe it just got to a point. You must have seen that happen. Once or twice, but it's more like calling in sick for a couple days, breaking up with your old lady. Nothing on that scale. <laughs> what Mickey said was, I wish I could undo what I did. I know I can't, but I bet I can make the money start to flow a different direction. He told you that? Heard him say it. Him and his chick Shasta had a few of those intimate discussions. I wasn't trying to listen in or nothing, just happened to be there, price of being invisible. Shasta, she thought Mickey was crazy wanting to give all his money away. For some reason, it scared her. He started in needling, like all she was worried about was losing her meal ticket, which really was crazy because she was in love with him, man. If she was scared for anybody, it was for him. I don't know if Mickey ever believed it, but every jailbird that's been in, even for a night, can tell the difference between the hustles you put on somebody you want to fuck and that other thing, that longing. All you had to do was look in her face. They sat smoking. Shasta and I lived together for a short while, Doc thought he should mention, and I can't say I ever knew how she felt about me, how deep it went. Man, Boris glancing quickly down in the direction of Doc's ankle rig. I uh, hope this ain't a bummer for you to be hearing this. <laughs> Boris, I only look like an evil motherfucker. Secretly, I'm as sentimental as any ex-old man. Please, forget the Smith. Just tell me, who else do you think was worried about Mickey's big giveaway? Business partners? The wife? Sloan? He wasn't telling her shit. Not till it's over and done and lawyer proofs, what he kept saying. Also said if she ever found out too soon, the California Bar Association would declare a day of Thanksgiving for all the new business. <laughs> but he'd have to bring in lawyers himself at some point. Nobody just hands out millions. He would have needed some technical help. All I know is there, was, is there was suddenly an army of guys in suits around Mickey's place. Only kind I can ID on site is Mormons and FBI, if there's a difference, and I'm still not too sure what these were. Do you... I don't. I, there's no reason why you would know this, but one of my favorite uh, Felixisms from Chapo is that he always refers to the FBI as being exclusively re, uh, composed of drunk Mormons and sober Irish. Wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a good bit. <laughs> that's funny. You think they could have been some of Sloane's people, like she found out anyway, or began to pick up funny vibes? And how about her boyfriend, that Riggs guy? Yeah, Shasta thought Sloane and him were cooking up something together. She was nervous already, but then she started to get really freaked. Mickey was renting a place for her up in Hancock Park. Sometimes when I was off ship, I'd drop by, 
Nothing romantic, understand. Just so you could just so you could tell how much safer she felt with somebody around. Every day there was something new. Cars cruising the house, phone calls that nobody on the other end would say anything, people tailing her whenever she went out in the El Dorado. She happened to get any license numbers? Figured you'd ask. Boris took out his wallet and found a folded wheat straw cigarette paper and handed it to Doc. Hope you got a way to run these without the cops knowing. Um, were we talking on this podcast about how easy, easily either of us could get tailed? Get ta- Oh yeah, I think I would, so. I would never. I would, I would never, never know. Notice. I would just be like, man, this guy's you know hu- hugging my ass. How often are you paying attention to the car behind the car? You're only to see you. if they're gonna gonna hit me, <laughs> uh, which is rare. Yeah. Uh, guy I used to work for has this computer. Why don't you want to go through the LAPD? Seems like they'd be looking to get whoever it is, too. What are you a doctor of? Tripping? University of what planet again? <laughs> Almost sounds like maybe you think LAPD's in on this. No fucking maybe. And Mickey was getting warned enough, too. Cop friend of his kept showing up at the house all the time. Let me guess. Blonde, Swedish, talks weird sometimes, answers to the name Bigfoot? That's him. I think it was Sloan he kept coming around for. You really want to know. But he warned Mickey to what? Stay away from Chick Planet Massage? Don't trust your bodyguards? Whatever. Mickey ignored all the advice. He liked it out there at Channel View, and especially that massage joint. Last place any of us expected a raid on. One minute you're getting a nice blowjob, the next it's like fucking Vietnam. Assault teams every place you look. Scuba units climbing out of the jacuzzi. Chicks running around screaming. Wow. Almost sounds like you were there on the scene and not out in Pico Rivera. There's something funny about the phraseology of a nice blowjob. A nice blowjob. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I did drop by for a second just to pick up some of that purple shit Donette likes that you pour in the bathtub. It makes bubbles. Bubble bath? <laughs> That's it. And just walked right in the middle of everything. But wait, you, you said you were there too all that time, unconscious or whatever. So how come I didn't see you? Maybe I was really out in Pico Rivera. Long as you weren't messing with my fiance. They sat regarding each other quizzically. Donette, Doc said. The characteristic long stroke reverb of a Harley Road machine approached. It was one of Clancy's dates for the evening, with Clancy riding behind him. Everything okay? She called, though not exactly with keen interest. Boris cranked down his window and leaned out. This guy is freaking me out here, Clance. Where do you find such heavy duty hombres at? <laughs> Call you soon, Doc, Clancy sort of drawled. Doc, remembering the old Roy Rogers song, came back with four bars of happy trails to you as Clancy and her new friend Aubrey thundered out on out of the lot, Aubrey waving a gauntleted hand to be followed shortly by his co-agitor Thorndike on an Electra Glide shovelhead. (laughs) That's the end of the chapter. We can keep moving a little bit. Let's see. That takes us to... We're 19 minutes. We can go longer. You want, yeah. yeah. You want to go Another a few more time. pages? Back at the beach, Doc's col- Doc collapsed on his couch and drifted towards sleep. This is chapter 10, by the way. But scarcely had he penetrated the surface tension and sunk into REM. You say REM or REM? Uh, REM? REM? REM cycle? Then the phone began a god-awful clanging. Last year, a crazed teenage doper of Doc's acquaintance had stolen a fire bell from his high school as part of a vandalism spree, and next morning, the youth, overcome with remorse and having no idea what to do with the bell, came to Doc and offered it for sale. Downstairs, Eddie, who had put in some time with the phone company and was handy with a soldering iron, had hooked the bell up to Doc's phone. It had seemed like a groovy idea at the time, (laughs) but very seldom after that. 
It turned out to be Jade on the other end, and she had a situation. From the background noise, it sounded like she was at a phone booth out on the street, but it didn't quite hide the anxiety in her voice. You know FFO up on Sunset? Problem is, they they also know me. What's up? It's Bambi. She's been gone now two days and nights, and I'm getting worried. So you're up rocking and rolling on the strip. Spotted Dick's playing here tonight, so if she's anywhere, it'll be here. Okay, stick around. I'll be up soon as I can. East of Sepulveda, the moon was out, and Doc made pretty good time. He peeled off the freeway at La Cienega, took the stalker shortcut over to La Brea. Programming on the radio, appropriate to the hour, included one of the few known attempts at black surf music, Soul Gidget by Meatball Flag. Meatball Flag. All right. I don't, I'm not going to affect a, a, a soul uh, cadence for this. Uh, I don't but think I'll you just... should be expected to. All right. Who's that strolling down the street? High heel flip flops on her feet. Always got a great big smile. Never gets popped by juvenile. Who is it? Minor seventh guitar fill. Soul Gidget. <laughs> who never worries about her karma? Who be who be that signifying on your mama? Out there looking so bad and big. Like Sandra D in some Afro wig. <laughs> Who is it? Soul Gidget. I'm sorry. Surfs up. Soul Gidget's there. Got that patchouli all in her hair. <laughs> Down in Hermosa, she's running wild. Back in South Central, she just a child. Uh, who is it? Soul Gidget. Oh, God. So forth. Followed and, by. <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna write a song that has the lyric that has a lyric, et cetera, in there. You get the point. Uh, the uh, I, I think we need a surf rock revival. I mean, this is a little bit of surf rock in some of those uh, prog jam jam bands. That's true. You know? That's true. There's there's some surf in the OCs, some surf in Frankie and the Witchfingers. Some surf in uh, not really King Gizzard and the Lizard. No, Gizzard I think lately. they're more more uh, metal and or metal and or prog. Yeah. All right, followed by a Wild Man Fisher marathon from which Doc was delivered at last by the appearance on La Brea of the Lights of Pinks. He stopped in briefly for several chili dogs to go and continued on uphill, eating as he drove, found a parking space, and walked the rest of the way up to sunset. We got to go to Pinks sometime. Is that still open? Yeah, I think so. All right. In front of FFO was a small crowd of music lovers handing joints back and forth, arguing with the bouncer at the door, dancing to the massively amplified bass lines coming from inside. It was the Furies, known in those days for three basses and no lead guitar, (laughs) and opening tonight for Spotted Dick. Now now and then during lulls, somebody was sure to go running in the door to scream, play White Rabbit before being tossed back onto the street. Hey, that would be a good good song for a three bass band. God, what is the name of Peter Hook's and Andy Rourke's bass band, all bass band? It wasn't long before Doc ran into Jade and the allegedly missing Bambi, lounging in front of an ice cream store just up the street, speed jabbering away, gesturing with gigantic cones precariously stacked with multicolored flavors of organic ice cream. Why, Doc, cried Jade with a tiny warning frown. What are you doing up here? Yeah, Bambi drawled. We had you figured for more of a Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass person. Doc cupped one ear in the direction of the club. Thought I heard somebody playing this guy's in love with you, so I hurried over. No? What am I doing here anyway? How are you girls tonight? Everything copacetic? Bambi got his passes for Spotted Dick, said Jade. We're double dating, Bambi said. Free base. 
Freebase? Peter Hook, Andy Rourke, a bunch of 80s English uh, bassists had a uh, all-bass supergroup uh, called Freebase. Andy Rourke of The Smiths, Peter Hook of Joy Division of New Order, of course. Ah. Gary Munford of The Stone Roses and, Sp- and Primal Screen. And Gary Briggs, two Garys. Double Gary. Uh, David. Uh, s- Freebase. W- worth listening to. Very silly project. Okay. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking of here. That's, that's what's happening. We're double dating, Bambi said. Time old lotus flower here got fixed up with a class act. And tonight, shiny Mac McNutley is it, baby. <laughs> a snow white chauffeured rolls pulled up at the curb and a voice spoke from within. All right, girls, stay where you are. Oh, shit, Bambi said. It's your pimp again, Jade. My pimp? Since when? You didn't forget to sign that letter of intent, did you? <laughs> You mean all that paper in the bathroom? Nah, I wipe my I wipe my ass with that. It's long gone by now. Why? Was it important? Come on, you two. Quit fucking around and getting the car. We got some business to discuss. Jason, I'm not going in that car. It smells like a patchouli factory, said Bambi. Yeah, come out on the sidewalk. On your feet like a man, snickered Jade. Guess I should be running along, beam duck. Stick around, Barney, said Bambi. Enjoy the show. You're in the entertainment capital of the world here. As Jade Jade later told it, this pimp, Jason Velveeta, (laughs) probably probably could have used better career counseling when he was younger. Every woman he ever tried to mistreat had handed him his lunch. Some of them, usually ones not on his string, did give him money sometimes because they felt sorry for him, but it was never as much as he thought they owed him. Reluctantly, in a cloud of patchouli, Jason stepped out onto the sidewalk. He was wearing a white suit, so white it made the rolls look dingy. Need you girls inside the vehicle, he said. Now. Be seen riding with you? Forget it, said Jade. We can't afford to lose that much credibility, Bambi added. (laughs) Ain't all you stand to lose. We love you, babe, said Bambi, but you're a joke. All up and down the strip, Hollywood Boulevard. Hey, there's Jason jokes written in lipstick on toilet walls out in West fucking Covina, man. <laughs> where? Where? I know a guy in West, West Covina with a bulldozer. One word for me, he'll tear every one of them shit houses down. Tell me the joke. <laughs> Don't know, sweetie, Bambi pretending to snuggle close and smiling widely at the pedestrian traffic. You know you'll only get upset. Ah, come on, Jason, despite himself, pleased by the public attention. Jade, should we tell him? You're a call, Bambi. It says, Bambi in her most seductive voice, if you're paying any commission to Jason Velveeta, you can't shit here. Your asshole is in Hollywood. (laughs) Bitch, screamed Jason, by which point the girls were already running down the street. Jason in pursuit, at least for a step or two, till he slipped on a scoop of (laughs) organic Rocky Road ice cream, which Jade had thoughtfully positioned on the sidewalk and fell on his ass. Uh, This is very, this is very much like Hesse's joke also about Pynchon. Also, there was a guy named Sprite Zero there. Sprite Zero, Jason Velveeta, the the erstwhile pimp. From somewhere, Doc experienced a surge of sympathy or maybe something else. Here, man. What's that? Said Jason. My hand. (laughs) Man, creaking to his feet. Do you know what it's going to cost me to clean this suit now? Bummer, really. And they both seem like such groovy chicks, too. You were looking for company tonight? Believe me, we can do better for you than those two. Come on. They began to walk, and the rolls crept along at the same pace. Jason took a withered joint from his pocket and lit up. 
Doc recognized the smell of inexpensive Mexican produce and also that somebody had forgotten to remove the seeds and stems. <laughs> when Jason offered him a hit, he pretended to inhale and after a while handed it back. Righteous weed, man. Yeah, just saw my dealer. He charges high, but it's worth it. They walked up past the Chateau Marmont to Hollywood Boulevard, and every once in a while, Jason accosted a young woman in some sub-playboy idea of an alluring turnout and got insulted, screamed at, punched, run away from, and sometimes mistaken for a potential customer. <laughs> Tough business, huh? Doc remarked. Uh, lately, I've been thinking I should just get out of it, you know? What I really want to be is a movie agent. There you go. 10% of what some of those stars make? Ooh-wee. 10? That's all? You sure? Jason took off his hat, a Homburg, also dazzling white, and looked at it reproachfully. You haven't gotten a Darvon, are you? Maybe some bufferin'? I have this headache. No, but here, try this. Doc lit and handed over a joint of Colombian commercial proven effective at stimulating conversation, and before Jason knew it, he was speed rapping about Jade, on whom, if Doc was not mistaken, he had a sort of crush. She needs somebody watching out for her. She takes too many chances. Not just this Hollywood drive-up trade. Like these Golden Fang people, man. She's in way too deep with them. Yeah, now, I've heard that name someplace. Indo-Chinese heroin cartel. A vertical package. They finance it, grow it, process it, bring it in, step on it, move it, run stateside networks of local street dealers, take a separate percentage off of each operation. Brilliant. That sweet young thing is dealing smack? Well, maybe not, but she was working at a massage place that's one of the fronts they use to launder money. If so, Doc reflected, then Mickey Wolfman and the Golden Fang might not be all that unconnected. Shit, man. All right, how are we, how we doing on that's time? That's about 30. All right. We are at 29.35. Wow. I've, I've got an inherent sense of time. All right, we're not done with the chapter, but I feel like, you know. Chapters 9 and 10 we've bridged today. Uh yeah. I'm gonna start putting the chat what chapters were at least. We're in. close. We're close to halfway through the book. Nice. Wow. Nice, nice, nice. Well we also a guy named Sprite Pepsi was there. Also a guy named Sprite Pepsi was there. Jason Velveeta. Sprite Pepsi, not Sprite Pepsi. Uh Sprite Zero. Sprite Zero. <laughs> Sprite Pepsi. Sprite Pepsi is the my brother, my brother and me. That's the team I'm, name. That's my the name of your favorite soda and your least favorite soda. Yes. What is your favorite soda and your least favorite soda? Uh, done favorite soda? Ooh, this is a, a really, I mean. My favorite in taste might be Dr. Pepper. Yeah, Dr. Pepper's really good. Dr. Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Fanta? Dr. Pepper Fanta. That kind of sounds like a yeah. James Bond character name. Dr. 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 Pepper, Pepper Fanta. Fanta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dr. putting Pepper. Dr. Pepper for, first actually does make it work. Yeah. You'd also do like... Uh, like uh, Mr. Pib, uh, Mr. Pib Sprite or something like Mr. that. Mr. Pib Sprite. Yeah, Pib Sprite. That Pib Sprite would be another uh, 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 pinch on name. We like uh, you know, soda names with honorifics. Yes, it can't just be a regular soda. It's got to have like a job or an identity. There should be a Sir Soda. Sir, <laughs> Sir Lime. Sir Lime. Drinking that, drinking on that Sir Lime. Yes, or or how about like Pepsi Esquire, <laughs> the fancy Pepsi. <laughs> oh man, uh, things are getting things are getting wiggy. Yes, out in uh, out in Los Angeles, out in L.A., as uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers would say. Uh, I don't know. So we're you know we're 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 swirling on. 
people whose uh, you know intentions were one way or perhaps a different way. Maybe Jade is so the deeper into the mix. Boris conversation was essentially like the idea is Wolfman was trying to get out of some kind of shady investment by paying a bunch of money back up his pipeline, a shady investment or shady business deal. Yeah, I think his whole life of shady business deals. Like yes. he basically has a, a come to Jesus moment and is like, I need to give all my money back. Mm-hmm. And people don't like that, including, I assume, the golden, Bigfoot. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, there was a fix on with the with the, 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 biker, bi- gang. the, bi- the biker gang and like Glenn just got caught in the mix and maybe it was a personal beef between Glenn Charlock and what's his name? Pete Buttigieg? Puck Beaverton. <laughs> Puck Beaverton. Um so yeah, that's that's happening. I don't know. It's it's getting a little convoluted. It is. Even more convoluted than I kind of remember the movie getting. No, well a lot of this stuff is cut out cut out of the movie. We're yeah. we're well past I feel like the movie does a lot of the early stuff and then a lot of the stuff in the middle um it's cut out and I assume it will come back around to the end. I'm looking forward, however, to what I know from the movie of him meeting the um the Martin Short character. Oh yeah, the um at the Triskelion or whatever. Yes. Uh, yes. The um, institute. It's not groovy to be insane. It's not groovy to be insane. We we need we can't talk about the movie on this no. though. Uh, that, nor nor. What is the actual institute? The that it was in California in the sixties. Not the one that Don Draper went to. Yeah. Fuck. Um. Hold on. Let me see if I can fact check. Riff in the meantime. It, um. I don't know, just more of the of all the weirdness um congealing in California in the sixties and seventies. Esalen? The Esalen Institute, yes. The not for profit holistic educational center offering wild comfort and space for emergent transformation and internal exploration since nineteen sixty two. Bro, I love emergent transformation. The first tab open is massage and healing arts, workshops, self guided exploration, scholarships, work and live, serve and study volunteer yes this is this is where they go to turn you into a, a zen fascist see this, this is where they trade this train the suede denim secret police maybe this just shows that i'm in in danger of uh you know the 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 california uh mind loss yeah. situation where just like you know that it that's why cults are i think ultimately so popular in a way is that you know that someone will take you yes if you need to start over we were talking yesterday about moving to California, starting over. Yes. Starting a new life, leaving it all behind. New York, so old. Who were we talking about that in that context? I forget. Somebody who was at the house last night. One of our friends? Yeah. Oh. Who else would we be talking to? Well, no, oh, but who were we talking about? I thought we were talking about a famous guy. Oh, uh, we were talking about a famous guy, but we were also talking about us. We might have been talking about Don Draper. Yes, we. I guess we were talking about Don Draper. Oh yeah, because we were yes, talking we were. about every time Don Draper goes to L.A., like he completely, like he, it's like he has the like avatar, like tail meld to the city that yeah, he yeah. like he, he becomes one with it. He becomes one with L.A. and, and real, all of its values, and is like every time he's like, I could leave the you know the New York suburbs yes. and my irritating wife and horrid children and just vibe out here, man. Well, you I mean, can they, never run away from yes. yourself. Well, we, well, you know. Um, yeah, the, wherever the, you go, there, there you, you are. are. Uh, the fantasy of of freedom, of reinvention that uh, the settled West offers. But you know, you can jump into the fire. 
but you can never be free. Yeah, you better you better get, start getting to love yourself because, uh, as far as I know, there's no uh, soul transplants, man. Yeah. Uh, unless you unless you die, <laughs> and then there is. It's been uh, studied. <laughs> it is known. Um, anything else from Clancy this? Sherlock? Are love you Clancy, redheaded, uh, redheaded biker? Who is it implied that she's also a prostitute? No, I think she's just a fun-loving lady. She's got because it said like one of her on the back of a one of her dates bikes. Oh yeah, I mean I, th- I think that's date the normal way, not yes. the prostitute way. Um, but good for her. Good, good for, for good for her. Clancy. I also like the name Clancy. Clancy. Yeah. Clancy Sherlock. Jason Velveeta. Jason Velveeta. I don't know what Jade and Bambi's last names are. Gidget. Soul Gidget. Soul Gidget. <laughs> How about Gidget for a name? I feel like that might be odd. Yeah, I mean that's 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 like a beach movie, right? Gidget. Yes. Starring one of those blondes from that time. Yeah. Well, I feel like that'd be like a weird, you know, one of those nonsensical nicknames for a, a longer name. Like, wonder if that was like the traditional abbreviation if your name was like Georgia or something. Yes. Sorry. Now I'm just getting into uh, uh, Esalen, Esalen. Esalen and Esalen thought. Should we go take a class there just to see what it's like? Meals are served buffet style. There's omnivorous or vegan options. Wow, they have beer, wine, and non-alcoholic beverages that purchase. They have a bar as at Esalen. <laughs> Can you just Not go? Not the place Is it you go if you want to dry out. I guess. Plan your stay. Oh, geez, this website is weird. Your schedule. You have yes. to check road conditions for Highway One to make sure there's no road construction or weather-related closures. Yes. Huh. I can't figure out how much it costs. I'm sure that's on purpose. Yes. I think we should. I think we should. Can you get a day pass to the Esalen Institute? That's a good question. What if you had more? I guess one week is the traditional length of time. Yes. Well, I don't want to go for one week. I want to go for eight hours. Okay. I want to go treat it like Disneyland. Yes. There's a live. Okay, here we go. There's something called LEAP, the Live Extended Education Program. Uh, if you want to stay for a month, you can pay, hold on, oh God, mind, body, spirit, wait, I thought. You thought you had a cost? It's $2,900 only- for four weeks. That's not That's terrible. Not for that four weeks housing, housing, meals, full access to the property, inclusive of the hot springs bath and your workshop, uh, a non-refundable $20 fees collected when you apply. That's not bad. Twenty nine for four weeks. I find any resort that will give you that that amount of package that price on that kind of. Should packaging. we do this? Are you allowed to go as a couple? No, I I can't do this. I would again. We would we would come out. Uh, you know, with with the, with the Zen Mind programming. We what, th- this is where you go to get the woke mind virus. General schedule information. Mondays and Fridays from 5 p.m. to 5.45. Join us in exploring Esalen's historic culture-shifting origins, the vision for human potential, and our core values as we embark on another 60 years of transformation. Do not trust anybody trying to tell you about their vision for human potential. I mean, oh, there's no no self-service. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real thing it offers. You can't. can't, That's the Hotel California. Yes. You definitely definitely need self-service, I would find. Uh, otherwise, how are you going to call someone to pick you up? 
Mom, I'm scared. Uh, doesn't Don at the very end have to? Isn't one of his last scenes like wrangling a bunch of change to use a payphone? Yeah, he's on a he's on a payphone with um Peggy. Peggy, and, yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna KMS. <laughs> I scandalized my child. I love that line. Scandalized my child. I've scandalized my child. I'm not sure if I have the energy to do the full recap of the book today. All right, we'll just be thinking about it and do it again next can I, week. Can I hold space for that? Can you recap what we read today? Uh, Don talks to uh, uh, Clancy Sherlock, who introduces him to Boris Spivey, and then he learns a little more about you know what was going down at Channel View, and then he meets up with Jade and Bambi, who I don't quite understand why Jade was like, don't pretend I didn't call for help, or if she's trying to lead him to... Yeah. Do you think she's trying to lead him to Jason, knowing that he would talk? That's the other thing, I guess, is that uh, well, he is a good detective because he knows that he can, this guy's weed sucks so bad that he can blow his mind with some nice chatty Colombian stuff. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the point of Doc's character is that he's just a kind of guy that people want to talk to. That's all, that's all you can do. That's, yeah. that's the essence of detective. Yes. You know, there's no such thing as a detective that creeps everyone out and they stay away, you know? Um, he's a social guy. Yeah, or you, or in the 1940s sense, you're uh, you're pretty good at twisting people's arms to talk to you. Right. It is funny that Boris kept acting like Doc was like a scary guy because he was carrying a pistol. I'm like, Boris, meanwhile, is the size of an NFL linebacker and is part of the like goon squad. Yes. I I, I thought that was like a funny bit of being like, I'm scared of you, pal. Oh yeah. Oh whoa. Oh, shady character. The, gonna, what kind of shady characters you bringing around? I hope Clancy? I'm not. I hope I'm not going to upset you by uh, talking about your your girlfriend, ex girlfriend. I mean, maybe he's being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh whoa. Whoa, a real hey. real tough customer here <laughs> with a gun. Did, I'm sure the gun is tiny. It's it's an ankle gun. Yeah. Yeah. Fits under a, a bell bottom. A bell bottom. Well, well, you know, it's a bell bottom, so it could be a fairly big one. That's true. Yeah. Ankle ankle gun under a bell bottom is a very funny image. I also like that Don. Uh, I was gonna say Don. His name is not Don. Uh, Doc. Doc Sportello is always. He's basically always dressed like a hippie, but then sometimes he's disavowing it to people. Yes. Like I feel like part part of the bit of him that's funny is he pretending to be a hippie to get information when like actually yes. he just is. Yes. Or is he? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just wearing the costume. Yeah. I mean, I guess just that's, I, I maintain that that's one of the main things that this book is about. What? If you are like, are you really a hippie? Is anyone really a hippie? Yeah. What is happening to the hippies? Are any, is yeah. Are any of the hippies really hippies? Yeah. Or are they just biding their time until they can get a cushy job? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that that's about all I've got for today. I think that's all I've got. All we got in the tank. All right. We're at 42 and a half. Um, all right, we'll wrap it there. That's still, you know, what, thir 13 minutes of commentary on 30 minutes of reading? <laughs> that works. I don't think anyone will ask for their money back. Yeah. Yeah, See? it's free. You're, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, you're, you're, you're blessed that we continue to do this. All right. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening if you are, if you are listening. Yes. Hell yes. And we will talk to you later. See you at the retreat. Yes. Get your Esalon tickets today. Today. <laughs> Bye.